0: Cambridge English, First Certificate in English for Schools Part 1 You'll hear people talking in eight different situations. For questions 1 to 8, choose the answer which fits best according to what you hear. 1. You hear two friends talking about their holidays.
1: Did you have a good holiday, Sarah?
2: Yes, thanks. What about you?
1: I went skiing for the first time and I actually got quite good at it. That was the highlight for me.
2: Oh, I didn't know you were going away.
1: Neither did I. Dad only decided at the last moment.
2: Well, my aunt came over from Argentina to stay. She tried to get me to speak a bit of Spanish. She said I picked it up really well, and I have to say, that made my holiday. I'm definitely doing it at school next year, and I'm looking forward to it.
1: Glad someone's looking forward to going back to school. Did you have a good holiday, Sarah?
2: Yes, thanks. What about you?
1: I went skiing for the first time. And I actually got quite good at it. That was the highlight for me.
2: Oh, I didn't know you were going away.
1: Neither did I. Dad only decided at the last moment.
2: Well, my aunt came over from Argentina to stay. She tried to get me to speak a bit of Spanish. She said I picked it up really well, and I have to say, that made my holiday. I'm definitely doing it at school next year, and I'm looking forward to it.
1: Glad someone's looking forward to going back to school.
0: Two. You hear a student talking about studying chemistry.
3: I want to be a doctor, so I'd say chemistry is one of the most important subjects for me. But at my school, there aren't many students like me. I mean, a lot of students seem to get a bit overwhelmed by the basic ideas in the subject, which are so different from things we normally think about. And hard to get your head round a teacher's job is really to bring the subject to life and some do it better than others but students are gradually becoming aware of the importance of the subject they just need persuading to actually study it now i want to be a doctor so i'd say chemistry is one of the most important subjects for me but at my school there aren't many students like me I mean, a lot of students seem to get a bit overwhelmed by the basic ideas in the subject, which are so different from things we normally think about and hard to get your head round. A teacher's job is really to bring the subject to life, and some do it better than others. But students are gradually becoming aware of the importance of the subject. They just need persuading to actually study it now.
0: 3. You hear part of an interview with a teenager who has developed a new computer game.
4: Not many 16-year-olds have set up their
5: own company to produce a computer game. Tell me about the experience. Well, it took a year of evenings and weekends when I wasn't in school to produce the game. It combines facts about chemistry with a fantasy story... My parents have handled the business side and we've hired designers to do the artwork. We haven't done badly considering games are usually developed by large companies working full-time. Looking back, though, I wish I hadn't dropped some of the ideas which would have increased the complexity of it for players. But if it sells well, we can always include them in future versions.
4: Not many 16-year-olds have set up their own
5: company to produce a computer game. Tell me about the experience. Well, it took a year of evenings and weekends when I wasn't in school to produce the game. It combines facts about chemistry with a fantasy story. My parents have handled the business side and we've hired designers to do the artwork. We haven't done badly considering games are usually developed by large companies working full-time. Looking back, though, I wish I hadn't dropped some of the ideas which would have increased the complexity of it for players. But if it sells well... We can always include them in future versions. 4. You hear a teacher telling a class about
0: some arrangements.
6: OK, I need to give you some information about tomorrow's class. Don't forget that we'll have Sandra Barclay from the Education Department of the University observing the lesson as she has done every Tuesday afternoon this term. I'd like one of you to meet her at reception at one thirty, and take her to the art room. That's where our class will be tomorrow as our usual room is unavailable. She's also going to observe a lesson with Class 2C tomorrow So I'll ask one of you to take her to their classroom at 2.30 and introduce her to the teacher and students, as she hasn't seen them before. OK, I need to give you some information about tomorrow's class. Don't forget that we'll have Sandra Barclay from the Education Department of the University observing the lesson, as she has done every Tuesday afternoon this term. I'd like one of you to meet her at reception at 1.30 and take her to the art room. That's where our class will be tomorrow, as our usual room is unavailable. She's also going to observe a lesson with class 2C tomorrow, so I'll ask one of you to take her to their classroom at 2.30 and introduce her to the teacher and students, as she hasn't seen them before.
0: 5. You hear two friends talking about a football match.
2: That wasn't very good, was it?
0: No, I shan't
1: bother coming to see the next one, even though we should support our team.
2: I was really surprised how badly Carlos played. He's normally brilliant.
1: You could say the same for all of them, actually. But the ref did seem very strict blowing his whistle all the time which was probably just as well as there were some horrible tackles.
2: Yes, but the pitch wasn't exactly flat. It was terrible for them to play on.
1: Yes, it was appalling. Really hard to control the ball on a pitch like that, I know. Same for both teams, though, really.
2: That wasn't very good, was it?
1: No, I shan't bother coming to see the next one, even though we should support our team.
2: I was really surprised how badly Carlos played. He's normally brilliant.
1: You could say the same for all of them, actually. But the ref did seem very strict blowing his whistle all the time, which was probably just as well as there were some horrible tackles.
2: Yes, but the pitch wasn't exactly flat. It was terrible for them to play on.
1: Yes, it was appalling. Really hard to control the ball on a pitch like that, I know. Same for both teams, though, really.
0: 6. You hear two friends discussing a survey about young people's reading habits.
1: Did you see that newspaper report about young people's reading habits?
3: Yes, I did. I really didn't think so many 12 to 16 year olds read that regularly. Nearly 70% said they read something every day. People usually complain that we don't read enough.
1: I know, but how seriously do you think we should take this survey? I'm not sure people tell the truth when they're asked about these things.
3: There is that. And the other thing is we read books every day at school, which we don't actually choose for ourselves so that'd make the figures look much better than they really are.
1: Did you see that newspaper report about young people's reading habits?
3: Yes, I did. I really didn't think so many 12- to 16-year-olds read that regularly. Nearly 70% said they read something every day. People usually complain that we don't read enough.
1: I know, but how seriously do you think we should take this survey? I'm not sure people tell the truth when they're asked about these things.
3: There is that. And the other thing is we read books every day at school, which we don't actually choose for ourselves. So that'd make the figures look much better than they really are.
0: 7. You hear two friends talking about a lost kitten.
2: Did you hear that story on the news last night about the kitten that was found on the London Underground?
1: Who'd leave a kitten there? I bet the owner got on the train and just forgot about it.
2: Well, it was in a box. They're not sure if it was done deliberately or by mistake. Anyway, at least it wasn't there too long.
1: It's only four weeks old, so it's a good job they discovered it when they did.
2: Well, if no one claims it by tomorrow, it's going to a cat's charity.
1: That's good. They'll know how to look after it.
2: Did you hear that story on the news last night about the kitten that was found on the London Underground?
1: Who'd leave a kitten there? I bet the owner got on the train and just forgot about it.
2: Well, it was in a box. They're not sure if it was done deliberately or by mistake. Anyway, at least it wasn't there too long.
1: It's only four weeks old, so it's a good job they discovered it when they did.
2: Well, if no one claims it by tomorrow, it's going to a cat's charity.
1: That's good.
0: They'll know how to look after it. 8. You hear part of an interview with a pop singer.
4: You've been doing very well over the last year. Have you had time to enjoy your fame? Well, I
1: suddenly realised I was actually quite famous when I started getting all sorts of free stuff. They wouldn't let me pay in restaurants. Companies started sending me designer clothes and I got given some amazing music software, that sort of thing. Sounds fantastic. Well, it's such a change. Only two years ago, I didn't have anything. I had to struggle to afford my rent, let alone buy clothes or eat out. No one gave me anything for free then. It doesn't seem right somehow, even though I have worked hard for it, I suppose.
4: You've been doing very well over the last year. Have you had time to enjoy your fame? Well,
1: I suddenly realised I was actually quite famous when I started getting all sorts of free stuff. They wouldn't let me pay in restaurants. Companies started sending me designer clothes and I got given some amazing music software. That sort of thing. Sounds
4: fantastic.
1: Well, it's such a change. Only two years ago I didn't have anything. I had to struggle to afford my rent, let alone buy clothes or eat out. No one gave me anything for free then. It doesn't seem right somehow even though I have worked hard for it, I suppose.
0: That is the end of part one. Now look at part two. You'll hear a scientist called Marie Backman giving a talk to a school about her work as an oceanographer. For questions nine to eighteen, complete the sentences with a word or short phrase. You now have 45 seconds to look at part two, and you'll also have one minute to check your answers at the end of part two.
2: Good morning. I'm Marie Backman. I know a lot of you are studying science, so I hope what I say will encourage you to carry on. But let me start by saying something about myself. I was born in New Zealand, although my parents came from Germany, as you can probably guess from my name. But I grew up in Australia where I had a lovely life. Our house was right by the ocean. I guess I was sporty as a child. I did a lot of diving, anything really, as long as it was in the open air. At school, I became interested in tennis and actually became the state champion in the under-16 age group. At one point, I was thinking about becoming a vet because I really loved animals and in fact worked in an animal sanctuary during my school holidays. But the university course for that was long and involved quite a lot of medical stuff which I was less keen on. So instead I chose marine biology and that was the start of my fascination with all things environmental. University was good for me because I'd always been a shy child, unlike my sister who was really sociable. I was good at doing things, very practical and disciplined, but not so good with people and it was there that I learnt to be confident. With a group of women students we made a video about creatures that live on the beach. We all contributed our ideas, and I'd hoped to get the opportunity to be the director. It seemed a popular role. I ended up trying out my skills as a presenter, and found I really took to it. Now, let's come up to date. I study bubbles. I know that sounds strange, but really what I do is study the science behind pockets of air in water. I examine what makes them break apart and join together, and, believe it or not, That helps develop our understanding of future climate and weather patterns. So a lot of my work is at sea. It's magical sometimes, waking up on board a ship in the middle of an ocean. It's best when the sea is calm from the point of view of feeling comfortable. But whenever there's a storm, I get quite excited because that's when more bubbles are generated in the water and that's when I can really get down to work. My latest expedition was to Greenland. There were 27 of us on the expedition, each specialising in a particular area of research, and we had a TV crew who were filming our work for a documentary. Greenland in summer gets almost 24 hours of daylight, which is hard to get used to, I have to say. There's also the really dry air to deal with, but as long as you drink lots, that's not too bad at all. The principal reason for my being there was to study the icebergs. During our time there we had to be careful about going on shore because there were so many polar bears and if the weather was foggy it made it hard to see them. But on clear days the TV crew were able to get some great footage of these wonderful animals with no one around to disturb them. Very few tourists visit this part of Greenland and we made sure we didn't leave any rubbish behind which could damage the land or could be eaten by animals or in some way change the balance of nature there. Now I'm back home for a bit and working on all the data I've collected. I'm lucky in that I also work as a lecturer at university and the science department there are very keen on my research. It's useful stuff for my lectures too. What I'd like sometime soon is for a science magazine to express an interest in it and this could really get my work noticed. So you can appreciate from this brief talk... How science isn't just sitting in a lab surrounded by loads of equipment. It can give you opportunities to explore.
0: Now you'll hear part two again.
2: Good morning. I'm Marie Backman. I know a lot of you are studying science, so I hope what I say will encourage you to carry on. But let me start by saying something about myself. I was born in New Zealand, although my parents came from Germany, as you can probably guess from my name. But I grew up in Australia where I had a lovely life. Our house was right by the ocean. I guess I was sporty as a child. I did a lot of diving, anything really, as long as it was in the open air. At school, I became interested in tennis and actually became the state champion in the under-16 age group. At one point, I was thinking about becoming a vet because I really loved animals and in fact worked in an animal sanctuary during my school holidays. But the university course for that was long and involved quite a lot of medical stuff which I was less keen on. So, instead, I chose marine biology, and that was the start of my fascination with all things environmental. University was good for me because I'd always been a shy child, unlike my sister who was really sociable. I was good at doing things, very practical and disciplined, but not so good with people, and it was there that I learnt to be confident. With a group of women students, we made a video about creatures that live on the beach. We all contributed our ideas, and I'd hoped to get the opportunity to be the director. It seemed a popular role. I ended up trying out my skills as a presenter and found I really took to it. Now, let's come up to date. I study bubbles. I know that sounds strange, but really what I do is study the science behind pockets of air in water. I examine what makes them break apart and join together, and believe it or not... That helps develop our understanding of future climate and weather patterns. So a lot of my work is at sea. It's magical sometimes, waking up on board a ship in the middle of an ocean. It's best when the sea is calm from the point of view of feeling comfortable. But whenever there's a storm, I get quite excited because that's when more bubbles are generated in the water and that's when I can really get down to work. My latest expedition was to Greenland. There were 27 of us on the expedition, each specialising in a particular area of research, and we had a TV crew who were filming our work for a documentary. Greenland in summer gets almost 24 hours of daylight, which is hard to get used to, I have to say. There's also the really dry air to deal with, but as long as you drink lots, that's not too bad at all. The principal reason for my being there was to study the icebergs. During our time there we had to be careful about going on shore because there were so many polar bears and if the weather was foggy it made it hard to see them. But on clear days the TV crew were able to get some great footage of these wonderful animals with no one around to disturb them. Very few tourists visit this part of Greenland and we made sure we didn't leave any rubbish behind which could damage the land or could be eaten by animals or in some way change the balance of nature there. Now I'm back home for a bit and working on all the data I've collected. I'm lucky in that I also work as a lecturer at university and the science department there are very keen on my research. It's useful stuff for my lectures too. What I'd like sometime soon is for a science magazine to express an interest in it and this could really get my work noticed. So you can appreciate from this brief talk... How science isn't just sitting in a lab surrounded by loads of equipment. It can give you opportunities to explore.
0: That's the end of part two. You now have one minute to check your answers to part two. Now look at part three. You'll hear five teenagers talking about going on a trip. For questions 19 to 23, choose from the list what each speaker says about their trip. You now have 30 seconds to look at part three. Speaker One
3: I love traveling by train, and we had a great trip last winter when we went all through the Swiss mountains. The place we were making for was a village very high up, where we were going to spend a week skiing. Dad had done all the preparations at the last minute as a surprise for us. Everything seemed to go smoothly, and when we got up into the mountains, the views were amazing. But after a while, I stopped noticing cause I got to know a couple of French girls, which made the time on the train pass quickly. We had a real laugh together.
0: Speaker 2
3: Dad says things never
1: go quite according to plan when you're travelling. You always end up sitting around waiting for something or there's some other problem to deal with. That was certainly true for us this summer. When the officials checked our passports at the airport, they pointed out that mums had expired. We didn't know what to do. Dad said we'd all just have to stay at home. But in the end, Mum decided the rest of us should go as planned and she'd join us as soon as she'd sorted her passport out. She made it in time for the last five days. Fortunately, coming home was boring in comparison, but Mum wasn't complaining.
0: Speaker 3
4: My grandma lives in Brazil, a ten-hour flight from here. I've done it a few times, but the best time was when I did it on my own. My friends all said it would be scary travelling so far alone and I certainly didn't sleep much the night before I left. I was only ten then and the airline really looked after me. It was great fun and I was sorry the next year when Dad decided he'd come with me rather than have me travel alone again. There was no reason for him to do that. After all, I'd got there without anything going terribly wrong. Speaker 4
6: We set off to travel to my aunt's last weekend. She lives in the mountains in an old house that looks like something from one of my little sister's favourite storybooks. It usually takes four hours to drive there, but this time after travelling for ages we were less than halfway there. The traffic was really heavy and everyone was just crawling along. Eventually Dad said we'd better give it up as a bad job, so we turned around and headed home. Mind you, the journey home took even longer than the one to get out there. We're going to try again next weekend. Dad's busy working out a different route.
0: Speaker 5
2: I think flying's fantastic. That's if you're not held up at the airport, of course, as we were last time we flew. We were going to Rome to visit my granddad, who's working there now. To be honest, I wasn't that bothered about going. My friend's parents had invited me to their beach house, and I'd rather have been going there. Anyway, at the airport, while we were waiting for the fog to clear so the planes could take off, I saw my favourite actor and he let mum take my photo with him. Then, during the flight, I started reading about all the things to do in Rome and that got me excited.
0: Now you'll hear part three again. Speaker one.
3: I love travelling by train, and we had a great trip last winter when we went all through the Swiss mountains. The place we were making for was a village very high up, where we were going to spend a week skiing. Dad had done all the preparations at the last minute as a surprise for us. Everything seemed to go smoothly, and when we got up into the mountains, the views were amazing. But after a while, I stopped noticing because I got to know a couple of French girls, which made the time on the train pass quickly. We had a real laugh together.
0: Speaker 2
3: Dad says things never go quite according
1: to plan when you're travelling. You always end up sitting around waiting for something, or there's some other problem to deal with. That was certainly true for us this summer. When the officials checked our passports at the airport, they pointed out that mum's had expired. We didn't know what to do. Dad said we'd all just have to stay at home. But in the end, Mum decided the rest of us should go as planned and she'd join us as soon as she'd sorted her passport out. She made it in time for the last five days. Fortunately, coming home was boring in comparison, but Mum wasn't complaining.
0: Speaker 3
4: My grandma lives in Brazil, a ten-hour flight from here. I've done it a few times, but the best time was when I did it on my own. My friends all said it would be scary travelling so far alone and I certainly didn't sleep much the night before I left. I was only ten then and the airline really looked after me. It was great fun and I was sorry the next year when Dad decided he'd come with me rather than have me travel alone again. There was no reason for him to do that. After all, I'd got there without anything going terribly wrong.
0: Speaker 4 We set off to
6: travel to my aunt's last weekend. She lives in the mountains in an old house that looks like something from one of my little sister's favourite storybooks. It usually takes four hours to drive there, but this time, after travelling for ages, we were less than halfway there. The traffic was really heavy and everyone was just crawling along. Eventually, Dad said we'd better give it up as a bad job, so we turned around and headed home. Mind you, the journey home took even longer than the one to get out there. We're going to try again next weekend. Dad's busy working out a different route.
0: Speaker 5
2: I think flying's fantastic. That's if you're not held up at the airport, of course, as we were last time we flew. We were going to Rome to visit my granddad, who's working there now. To be honest, I wasn't that bothered about going. My friend's parents had invited me to their beach house, and I'd rather have been going there. Anyway, at the airport, while we were waiting for the fog to clear so the planes could take off, I saw my favourite actor, and he let Mum take my photo with him. Then, during the flight, I started reading about all the things to do in Rome, and that got me excited.
0: That's the end of Part 3. Now look at Part 4. You'll hear an interview with a young actor called Dylan Campbell who is talking about his acting career. For questions 24 to 30, choose the answer which fits best according to what you hear. You now have one minute to look at part four.
4: Today, we're talking to Dylan Campbell. At only 16, Dylan's already appeared in two movies, and his new film, Light Lightning, is out next week. Welcome, Dylan. How did you get into acting in the first place? Well, when I was 11, I joined the drama
1: group at school. Our teacher was an actress herself, and she's really helped me with my acting skills. Then, about three years ago, one of the other boys in the group appeared in a couple of movies. And he told me all about the people he'd worked with and all the great things they did. It sounded amazing and I thought, I wouldn't mind doing that. That's where it started, really. How do your parents feel about you being an actor? At first they were concerned about how I'd react if I didn't get offered any parts. But they've been very supportive. They've spent lots of time taking me to auditions and film sets. I've managed to keep up with my schoolwork, which has been reassuring for them. And I think they're proud of what I've achieved. Also, it's nice for them to know I've discovered something that's really for me, though at the same time they realise that teenage actors don't always have successful adult careers.
4: What was your first audition
1: like? It was for a film called Time Away. They needed a teenager for a small acting part, but that was all I knew about it. I read out a few lines from a script they gave me. At the time, I had no idea if the way I read that script was what they were looking for. That was the really stressful bit of the audition for me. Anyway. There seemed to be lots of other teenagers I'd never met before competing for the same part, but they still gave it to me. Time Away was your first experience of filmmaking. Did you enjoy it? Oh, yeah. It was a comedy set in a holiday camp. I wasn't in many scenes and I didn't say much, but I must have been okay because afterwards some of the cast told me I'd done a good job with the comedy aspect of the role, though I'm not sure why they thought that. All the people on the set were very nice and helpful, And it was fascinating to see how some of the experienced actors worked
4: tell me about your most recent film like lightning
1: sure you might have seen a movie called the switch about an ordinary teenager who meets a top basketball player by chance swaps places with him turns into an amazing basketball player and becomes famous which is where his problems begin it's a great film for older teenagers our film like lightning takes a similar idea and applies it to football It's more of a family movie with wider appeal, but it also looks at how we've become obsessed with celebrity and the troubles it can bring.
4: What was it like to work with Mark Centini, the director of this film?
1: He's a great director, so it was a fantastic opportunity for me. He's very demanding. He got me to say the same line more than 30 times before it sounded right to him. Most directors don't go that far, but Centini does it with every actor. It's time-consuming and means the filming starts early in the morning and ends late at night. Long days are common in filmmaking, though.
4: What advice would you give other young actors?
1: Don't feel bad if you can't act as well as some movie star who's been around for years. In fact, I'd avoid paying a lot of attention to top actors, and just concentrate on getting as much acting work as you can. Take every part you're offered, no matter how small. You'll improve by adding to your experience in this way. And one thing I've discovered about being a busy actor is that it helps you stay fit without you having to do any additional exercise.
0: Dylan Campbell, thanks. Now you'll hear part four again.
4: Today, we're talking to Dylan Campbell. At only 16, Dylan's already appeared in two movies and his new film, Light Lightning, is out next week. Welcome, Dylan. How did you get into acting in the first place?
1: Well, when I was 11, I joined the drama group at school. Our teacher was an actress herself and she's really helped me with my acting skills. Then, about three years ago, one of the other boys in the group appeared in a couple of movies and he told me all about the people he'd worked with and all the great things they did. It sounded amazing and I thought, I wouldn't mind doing that. That's where it started, really. How do your parents feel about you being an actor? At first they were concerned about how I'd react if I didn't get offered any parts. But they've been very supportive. They've spent lots of time taking me to auditions and film sets. I've managed to keep up with my schoolwork, which has been reassuring for them, and I think they're proud of what I've achieved. Also, it's nice for them to know I've discovered something that's really for me – though at the same time they realised that teenage actors don't always have successful adult careers. What was your first audition like? It was for a film called Time Away. They needed a teenager for a small acting part, but that was all I knew about it. I read out a few lines from a script they gave me. At the time, I had no idea if the way I read that script was what they were looking for. That was the really stressful bit of the audition for me. Anyway... There seemed to be lots of other teenagers I'd never met before competing for the same part, but they still gave it to me.
4: Time Away was your first experience of
1: filmmaking. Did you enjoy it? Oh, yeah. It was a comedy set in a holiday camp. I wasn't in many scenes, and I didn't say much, but I must have been okay because afterwards some of the cast told me I'd done a good job with the comedy aspect of the role, though I'm not sure why they thought that. All the people on the set were very nice and helpful – and it was fascinating to see how some of the experienced actors worked. Tell me about your
4: most recent
1: film, Light Lightning. Sure. You might have seen a movie called The Switch, about an ordinary teenager who meets a top basketball player by chance, swaps places with him, turns into an amazing basketball player and becomes famous, which is where his problems begin. It's a great film for older teenagers. Our film, Light Lightning, takes a similar idea and applies it to football, It's more of a family movie with wider appeal, but it also looks at how we've become obsessed with celebrity and the troubles it can bring.
4: What was it like to work with Mark Centini, the director of this film?
1: He's a great director, so it was a fantastic opportunity for me. He's very demanding. He got me to say the same line more than 30 times before it sounded right to him. Most directors don't go that far, but Centini does it with every actor. It's time-consuming and means the filming starts early in the morning and ends late at night. Long days are common in filmmaking, though.
4: What advice would you give other young actors?
1: Don't feel bad if you can't act as well as some movie star who's been around for years. In fact, I'd avoid paying a lot of attention to top actors, and just concentrate on getting as much acting work as you can. Take every part you're offered, no matter how small. You'll improve by adding to your experience in this way. And one thing I've discovered about being a busy actor is that it helps you stay fit without you having to do any additional exercise. Dylan Campbell, thanks.
0: That's the end of part four. You now have two minutes to check all your answers. You have one more minute left. That's the end of the test.